You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thanks for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here with David Ramil. Anthony Chang from the Miami Herald will join us here in a little bit to talk about Summer League. But let's start with Bradley Beal, who every Heat fan has his eye on. Today is the first day that he can sign an extension with the Wizards, but he has until mid-October to sign it. Uh, but Not that any of that matters. I mean, he's got three months to decide that he's not going to join the Washington Wizards. If he doesn't sign tomorrow or today, he's never going to sign with the Washington Wizards. Nothing's going to happen there in Washington over the next few months that's going to make that team any more palatable to Bradley Beal. And if he starts, if he's going to decide whether or not he's going to force a trade, it's going to happen now rather than in three months. So you don't, if he doesn't sign this thing today... Or this weekend, maybe. I mean, you're right. That 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 offer doesn't get better. You know, that's it doesn't gain interest or whatever. It doesn't. I think Bradley Beal knows everything he needs to know about the Washington Wizards. The only thing that's recently changed is that Tommy Shepard is now the real GM instead of the uh, interim GM. He's running stuff, so I wonder if Beal really feels good about him but we've talked about this I don't remember if it was on this one or locked on NBA but we talked about this idea that Tommy Shepard when he was talking about Bradley Beal mentioned that Washington has done everything in their power to put a good team around him and they've had a good summer including re-signing Thomas Bryant and I was just like Thomas Bryant is the answer to everything he's the guy that's going to keep Bradley Beal in Washington I mean that's ludicrous that's ludicrous I, I, I I've already said this before there's no way Bradley Beal signs this thing and when it becomes clear that Bradley Beal doesn't sign it, that's when the clock starts ticking. And there's a reason why it's not just Heat fans, but fan bases all around the NBA are eyeing Washington. Not because the team is going to be good or even interesting, but only because everybody wants to know where Bradley Beal plays next. I think from the Wizards' perspective, I understand what Shepard's point is. Like he's he's trying to sell Beal on the idea that look, we're being proactive and taking care of our guys. We're we're limited in what we can do. And they did make minor changes over the offseason. They traded for CJ Miles, Davis Bertans of the San Antonio Spurs. They did draft Rui Hachimura, who has some potential. They also got Admiral Schofield in the draft. So there's I mean, Ish Smith. I guess that's a fair pickup. Is uh, He's probably going to get a lot of playing time. Isaiah Thomas, both those guys are going to get significant playing time. So uh, if there's a if there's a way of appealing to Bradley Beal, it's not just Thomas Bryant. And I get your point, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of ludicrous to to overstate, you know, what, what, what his impact is, Thomas Bryant's impact is, as far as being able to lure Beal back. But you're trying to explain to your audience that and to your fan base that you're doing everything you possibly can to try and make this as good a team as possible and you're limited and I think I think fans understand those limitations they might be frustrated after years and years and years of Ernie Grunfield doing everything that he did to, to run this franchise into the ground and overpaying John Wall etc but I, I think you're, you're trying to do as much as you possibly can to convince Beal to, to sign that extension and from what we've heard it seems like Beal's not going to sign the extension. Like I, I think Wizard fans are kind of delusional in the same way that Cleveland fans were, that that you know Oklahoma City fans were regarding Kevin Durant, etc. I, I think you know. Do you think that Wizards fans are delusional? I I don't know a lot of Wizards fans, but 
I kind of I, get the you, sense you that they don't response, expect them to. There, there, there's a lot of blowback from Miami fans who've been, you know, it's all on Twitter, so it means absolutely yeah. nothing. But right. you know, they're they're being very obvious in their recruitment. And even you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a tweak, I guess. But Bam Adebayo sending a little tweet to, you know, uh, uh, Bradley Beal saying, "Hey, big head," kind of reminiscent of what Jimmy Butler did to Dwayne Wade right before he signs in Miami. Right. Uh, that's the kind of thing. And look, Beal. Playing the same games, obviously, you know, saying bags are all packed, moves are being made, etc. He's he's fully aware how fans have become over the off season. He was talking about sure Thomas that... Bryant. He's <laughs> very quite happy. possibly, yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe his bags were packed after knowing that they they resigned Thomas Bryant. But anyway, I, I think you know, I, I don't know. I, I think Wizards fans are kind of defensive, and understandably so. I mean, I, I certainly did not think LeBron James was leaving in 2014. Mm. Um, since then, I, I've been a little bit... Uh, but if you're a Wizards fan, don't you... Like, LeBron staying helps the Heat, obviously. But if you're a Wizards fan, you might look at Bradley Beal, and I think some some fans see him as a real asset because you know what... Even Bradley Beal, when he's good, you know where that gets you. I mean, you're still a team locked into... This John Wall contract, and Bradley Beal is obviously the better player right now, but to sign him to an extension, to even give him a bigger, to give him more money over more years, just locks you into more of the same. And if you could mm-hmm. trade Beal and get some assets and either use those assets that in turn get off of John Wall or use those assets to get draft picks and, and stock, you know, stock up the roster on with rookie scale deals that are a little bit more affordable under the, the salary cap and whatever, I just, I kind of get the sense that the smarter Washington fans are are kind of understanding of what's going on. And for Bradley Beal, he's backed out of Team USA. Now, it's for family reasons, but he was reportedly conflicted regardless. Um, he's got now his second kid. He's in the, he's really approaching his prime right now. Yeah. It does, and obviously with this extension looming, uh, or the possibility of it, of signing it, it does sort of feel like this is a crossroads moment for Bradley Beal, and that's why ultimately I don't think he signs it. We Nobody expects him to sign it. And so I think it, Heat fans, there was a good point you made. Heat fans are the ones most audaciously trying to recruit Bradley Beal. And I don't know if that stuff works, but they did it with Jimmy Butler, and I, I, I don't want to credit Twitter for getting Jimmy Butler. It was Dwayne Wade. But if you're Bradley Beal, you're looking around. He's like, "What duo do I want to join?" That one looks pretty good in Miami, and we know that he loves. He wears number three because of Dwayne Wade. It's all the Dwayne Wade connection. Now I've got to ask something because you, you, in, in talking about the the team and, and the Wizards and spe- specifically, I know we don't want to get into too much Wizards talk here, but we're it's kind of in context of what Bradley Beal is. Well, every if, Heat blog right now is writing about Bradley Beal and his the Wizards extension, so I think we are going to be a little bit locked on Bradley Beal for a while. <laughs> can you mentioned if they trade Beal that it would probably turn into a collection of assets? Uh, you know, that's assuming that you can't package Beal and Wall, mm. which I think is the desired uh, move for the Wizards, right? But let's assume you can somehow just ship Beal in exchange for X tre- treasure trove. Do you think John Wall is a movable, you know, contract? No. It's hard to imagine, right? Because I don't know that anybody would have thought Chris Paul was a movable contract. I don't think anybody would have thought Russell Westbrook was a movable contract. And sure, those were exchanged for each other. But I'm curious if whether or not I think John Wall around league circles is largely viewed as the worst contract. Yeah, his his contract is the 2013 LeBron James of contracts, where it's just untouchable. 
how much far and away it is more than the <laughs> not other Not in ones. a good way, though, right? Yeah, not in a good way. It is just, it is the number one worst contract, and nobody's even close. Nobody's even in the same ballpark. I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook gets paid as much as John Wall, but he plays. John Wall doesn't play. He's injured for a year. He's gonna. He's not going to play on that contract. It, or at least for the first year of that contract, and that's just forty million dollars. Just flush it right down the drain. That's it. It's it's undoubtedly the worst. And you don't know what he looks like when he comes back from an injury. By the way, he's twenty nine. He's gonna be twenty nine like soon. Like he's he's, he's late twenty eight. Um, yeah. And so it's it's hard to see what kind of player he'll be. I mean, I think that there's still a chance for Wall to be a good player. It's hard to kind of picture because like I think a good player in the way Derrick Rose is a good player now. No, wow, I I I still have higher hopes because I, I think. Hmm. Like, even Rose coming back from his first injury, and I hate that we were even talking about Derrick Rose, but I think there's just there were a lot of different mounting injuries there that kind of just chipped away more and more at the only thing that really defined him. I think there's more to Wall than just that elite speed. And I think he'd get a lot of that burst back, but I think there's enough shooting ability there where, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of tricky. I mean, he's not a great shooter either from three-point range, but I think there's he enough needs, He needs there. his athleticism to get to the rim. I mean, maybe he turns into a, a shooter. And look, when you're recovering from an injury, a lot of things, the first thing you could typically practice is your jump shot, right? So maybe he's doing that. I'm not going to say he can't become a jump shooter. He just hasn't. Um, it's not Russell Westbrook levels of inefficient and bad, right? Um, right. Not too like, far off. Thirty-two percent shooter from three three-point range. I mean, that's not uh, if you're that's the, career. If you're the Heat and you have Jimmy Butler and you say, "Look, we'll take on John Wall in exchange for Bradley Beal, and then we'll just stack salaries." And all we're giving up is money. We're not giving up an asset. No young players. No picks. Nothing. Just enough salary to make it work. Then I I think you think about it, but then you're looking at a core of Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, and John Wall sometimes. It, it it what is that? I mean, I can understand doing it if you're looking for Bradley Beal to be your number two guy, your clear number two guy, and your number one guy is a top seven player. Because if you have a top seven player in Bradley Beal, and you can and you're not and you don't have to give up any of your young your good young players or your core really to mm-hmm. make that move, then I yeah I understand eating the John Wall contract. I get it. But a Jimmy like Jimmy Butler isn't a top seven guy. He's a top thirteen guy. But that's yeah. that's a big difference. That's a big difference, and that doesn't make you a title contender. So I don't know why you would do that if you're the Heat. And so I think you just again you go back. And Bradley Beal has like Bradley Beal will have the leverage here because if he doesn't sign this extension, then the Wizards know he's gone, and they don't get to be picky in tr- in trying to pack it, uh, 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 staple John Wall's contract to Bradley Beal. They might just have to get rid of him because the other option is he walks away for nothing, and that would be a disaster, especially for Tommy Shepard who is just taking over. If Tommy Shepard takes over this thing, and the first thing of any significance that happens other than re-signing Thomas Bryant is that Bradley Beal walks away in the summer for nothing, then that's a really bad start. Okay. Now, as far as the wall thing is concerned, you don't think that given that the league has changed now so that most of it is superstar quote-unquote duos as opposed to you know more super teams... You don't think that the, the, the trio of Wall, assuming he's 85, 80% of the player he once was, Bradley Beal and, and Jimmy Butler, is enough to contend for a title in no. two seasons? No, because I don't like, I that's a real, and I love hypotheticals, but that's never happening. He's never getting 80, 85% of what he was. And what he was, by the way, like we're thinking about John Wall flawed, in yeah. 2015. 
Right. You know, he's, 2014. he's still a flawed player. Yeah. He hasn't been good in three years. Like, he really hasn't. He hasn't played defense. Can't shoot. I mean, 80% of that is basically worse than Derrick Rose. I, no. Eh, no. I don't see it. I just, I, championship level rosters don't pay John Wall $40 million a year. I just, there's not a world where a team hoists the trophy and John Wall is on that roster making 40 plus. There's just no that like the basketball gods tough. would not let that happen. Yeah, but okay, this this starts kind of the the ball rolling for me at least. You know, you're you're talking about championship rosters. What is a championship roster today? Like at looking around the league and seeing how teams have changed mm-hmm. so that, again so that it's it's no longer the the era of the super team. Is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard yes. and, and all the other players that are on the Clippers roster better than that, that trio in Miami? One top seven player, one top 15 player, one top 20 player, one top seven player and one top 20 player, you have a chance. The rest of the roster figures itself out. And you just don't be the Knicks and screw everything up. But one top seven player, because I think there's a so clear Beal, top seven. Is Beal a top 20 player? Yes. But so, so you have Jimmy two Butler. top twenty players and not Jimmy. good enough. Yeah, not enough. unless you need Beal a top ten player. Yeah, a top seven player. Unless Beal leaps into the top seven, because I don't think Butler can at twenty nine years old. I think he's right where he's at. But if Beal can get to a top seven player, and I don't think he can, but let's say he does, and you have him and Jimmy Butler, then yeah, maybe you're talking about something. But if you have to, if you have to account for forty million dollars of dead weight, then I don't know how you build a roster around that. You know what I mean? So if I'm the Heat, I think going for Bradley Beal is definitely worth it, but not at the expense of getting John Wall because Bradley Beal is not that good. It's not if if you get a top seven player at the expense of John Wall, then I guess you think about it. But that Beal, but Beal's not that. He's not that. Who are the top seven players? Okay, so I'm talking the two LA teams and yeah. Kawhi and LeBron, obviously. So LeBron, yeah, LeBron, Kawhi. James Harden in Houston, so they're a contender. Yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yep. So that's a contender. Uh, Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Denver's a contender? Yeah. Not really. They're kind of a fake one, but they kind of are. If Jamal Murray takes that leap into a top 20 player, then they are. Or Gary Harris. Who knows? Or Michael Porter Jr. if you talk to Denver fans. Um, LeBron, Kawhi, Curry, Harden, Giannis, Jokic, Davis. I ignored Curry, yes. I'm not including Durant. Denver, Golden State. One, two, three, four, five, six. And Brooklyn, yeah. once they're once a healthy Brooklyn is a contending team. That's seven. That's your seven. And Durant is eight. And then knocking on that door is Joel Embiid. Good point. Um, I think Paul George is not going to be that. Damian Lillard is right there. Um, he needs to maybe take one more mini leap. You could say Paul George and Kawhi are, are two top ten players with, with Kawhi yes. being... Arguably a number one best player in the league. I would absolutely say that. Did I say Anthony Davis? I did. Yeah. All right, let's take a break here. Anthony Chang joins us next. You're listening to Locked on Heat. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For limited time, Postmates is giving Locked on listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. That means you don't have to go out to eat for a whole week, people. Download the Postmates app and use the code Locked on. Anthony Chang, who covers the Heat for the Miami Herald, joins us now. Uh, Anthony, you were in Sacramento for covering the Heat Summer League team. You were in Vegas covering the Heat Summer League team. And a lot of the attention, obviously, was on Tyler Hero. After what you saw, should fans be buying into the Tyler Hero hype? Uh, yes and no. 
I mean, he, he. I think Tyler Hero, for all things considered, um, was about as good as it could go um, for him in, in Las Vegas and Sacramento. He showed a lot of different skills. You know, obviously he was labeled as a shooter um, in the pre-draft process, but he obviously can do more than that. There's more to his game. He he showed he can make plays off the dribble. He could shoot off the dribble. He could he could pass. He can defend. He even got a you know a couple games with with uh, good rebounding performances. So he, he, he can do more than just stand out there and shoot. Um, the thing is now, what can he do against NBA, true NBA level competition? So it was a good start for him, I would say. But I think we got to wait and see how he looks. At least let's give him one preseason game before we make a determination. But I, I think so far, so good for him. Yeah, I've been saying that he looked good in summer league, but he was also probably used in a way that he's not going to be used Very when the NBA games are being played. So you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, think about Derrick Jones Jr. last year. Like, mm. he might have looked like one of the best players in the summer yeah. league last year. Uh, he was initiating offense. He was creating for others. And then you go to the you know, when, when the regular season starts, he's basically a guy who they just send to crash the boards and get offensive rebounds. So... I mean, things change dramatically when the real games start. Um, and I'm sure the Heat are going to tailor his role to what they think he can do against true NBA-level competition. Um, the Heat tend to do this. Like like you said, like Bam Adebayo, Derrick Jones Jr., those two guys, last year, Heat experimented with them being primar- primary offensive uh, weapons. And obviously that's not the case, but it wasn't the case last season when the regular season started. So I don't, I don't expect Tyler Hero to be playing point guard out there uh, in his rookie season. Um, but it's at least nice to know that he does have the potential to improve those skills. And he's still, and he already has, he already has a, a good start, I think, as far as not just being, not just being a, a you know, straight up shooter. Like he, he has an all around game that I think that he can tap. Yeah. We've talked about this on the show before where with, with these Kentucky guys, there's always this X percent, we can call it whatever you want to call it, 25, 30, whatever percent that doesn't really show yeah. when they're in college playing under John Calipari. And that almost boosts their draft stock in a way, because I think NBA executives look at the, the track record of even like Carl Anthony Towns, Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, you go down the line, these Kentucky guys show more of an overall game at the NBA level than they do in college, which is crazy to think about, but it is, it, it's been the case for many years now. And I think that's why you see a guy like Tyler Hero mocked around like 20 to 25 and then leaps to 13, because I do think that NBA teams and especially the heat who like Kentucky players, obviously say, okay, well he did this, but what if he had an extra 25% of whatever that was? And now he's a lottery pick. So um, I do think we saw a little bit of that. Um, during summer league, especially with the ball handling, like you said, I don't think he's a point guard. But no. what what most impressed you about Tyler Hero? Um, well, it's not something I was surprised by because I I think it's pretty well known about this is pretty well known about Tyler. But his confidence, like there were moments where he couldn't make a shot. There were some games he just he he, made, he but just overall his shooting percentage wasn't great. I think he shot like thirty nine percent or something like that at the end of summer league. But, man, it was, like, the most impressive 39% that, <laughs> that you could imagine. I mean, he, he he just has unwavering confidence, for better or worse. It doesn't matter if he's missed eight straight shots. You saw a couple games in Sacramento where he did not have a good start, and then in the fourth quarter he goes, like, four of seven or five of eight and helps the team, you know, rally for a win. So 
I think that's impressive for a 19-year-old who, you know, this is his first quote-unquote NBA action. For him to have that confidence, um, I mean, it says something about him, and it says something about his personality. I think that he liked that. Um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of Deion Waiters-esque almost. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, or you, I'd rather go over 30 than over three or whatever the quote is. I mean, I, Tyler Hero has some of that in him. You said it. it for better or worse, he yeah. has some of that in him. It could go either way. I mean, Heat fans have seen this since, you know, you go to Mario Chalmers. I mean, th- you kind of need that guy on the roster to do that. You just – you can't build the backcourt around him like the Heat kind of tried to do for a couple of years with Deion Waiters. But um, I, I think that the confidence will be good. I do think he's got a more natural shooting stroke than Deion Waiters, which is good because if he has that Deion Waiters level of confidence – Deion Waiters is not a bad shooter. So oh. um, I, I – I've been. I was really impressed with Tyler here too. I was low on the draft pick at first. What we. What did you think about the draft pick? I don't think we talked about this before. Uh, when they first drafted him, what did you think? I, I was kind of. I, I mean, I didn't. I did not like. I did not like the pick, but I was the kind of just like in wait. And, I, I think I would have been like this really for any pick. I, I was just kind of in wait and see. Um, yeah. uh, with Tyler Hero, he was on the radar for me. You know, when I was going through all the pre-draft stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't peg him with he just because. A, look, there's only so much college basketball you can watch when you're covering an NBA team. So I didn't watch that much Tyler Hero in college. So right. just reading the scouting reports, it's like, okay, he's a shooter. He probably need more than that. They could find a shooter like Duncan Robinson in the undrafted pile. But what I didn't know is that he's just more than – like, we, like we've been talking about, he's more than a shooter. So I think I understand now why the Heat made the pick. And if they had a feeling they can get Jimmy Butler, um, you need shooting around that. You need That's shooting- right. So he fits a need, obviously. And I think going back to your last question about what surprised me about Tyler this summer, um, something that kind of unusual, he says he's more comfortable shooting off the dribble than in a spot up situation. Right. Which, again, is good. But it's also, you know, he's probably gonna be a lot of, in a lot of spot up situations um, this season, you know, with, with Jimmy and Justice and Goron initiating offense. So he's gonna have to improve that. But that's, I mean, that's that's an interesting skill where he feels that much more comfortable shooting off the dribble, which is very, I think, in, I mean, in my experience, unique. Like most players rather shoot set shots than a Steph Curry-like, uh, you know, three dribbles between the legs, step back, jumper. But Tyler yeah. prefers that. So I think that's, um, to me, that was uh, surprising. Yeah, uh, I, was talking to, I was talking to Cooper Moorhead, who we both know works for the Heat. <laughs> Uh, I asked him like that was really crazy. He said that in Sacramento, and I was like, that was that's a really weird thing because that stood out to me too. I'm like, did you have you ever heard another player say that? And he goes, no, never. Yeah. Wait, actually, yes. Luke Babbitt said that, and I was like, <laughs> Luke Babbitt said that because he was literally always shooting off the catch from the corner, yeah. and he was always kind of 0 for two, like every game. He was like, oh, he was always 0 for two from the left corner from three point range. So maybe he should have shot off the dribble more. I don't know. Uh, they should the Heat should have ran their offense through Luke Babbitt. I think is Luke the point Babbitt? I'm trying to make. Yeah, uh, he was starting did. games most of the season that he year. Did. Yeah, as a four. Yeah. Uh, any other Heat players stand out to you during summer league? Um, I mean, it's hard to. I think honestly, you know, as much as we talk about Tyler and how as good as good and impressive as he was, the best player, the most consistent, most reliable player on the Heat summer league team was Kendrick Nunn. And. I mean, you can call it a revelation, you can call it a huge surprise, but that's kind of what Kendrick Nunn has done his entire career is score points and at a high volume. 
Um, and he did that. I mean, he, to me, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't make the roster at this point. Like, mm. he was that good in Summer League. Like, he looks like he can be in the Heat's rotation. And I don't want to overreact. I know it's Summer League. And I know the Heat don't, like, don't think this way where they're, like, they make snap judgments from Summer League action. They don't. Um, but he looked like a rotation player. He, he looked like somebody that could play consistently for the Heat this upcoming season. And they need point – I mean, they need a backup. I know you can say Justice is a point guard. You can say, you know, Jimmy can initiate offense. But they kind of need a backup point guard to go on. And Kendrick Nunn could be that guy. And you have him under team control for two years at a minimum salary. Like, I don't know how you let that go. Um, he, he can score. He can create for others. He can create for himself. Like, the Heat don't have enough of those players – and he provides that. So to me, that was probably the most most encouraging development for the Heat uh, yeah. during summer league. I mean, guys who can dribble and shoot or dribble and pass tend to stick around. I mean, yeah. best case scenario, you end up with a Fred Van Vliet situation. Worst case scenario is you just got a guy who could play point guard for a few minutes a game. Um, I've been really low on Kendrick Nunn despite the production in summer league because – I watching him the his feel for the game doesn't seem very high. He tends to me he looks to be taking a long time to process things. I don't know how he's going to react when he gets to the the NBA speed of the game, but I could definitely be wrong. By the way, I've taken a lot of flack on this show for for being so low on Kendrick Nunn. People don't, don't think I know saying, what I'm talking about, but I'm saying this right now. <laughs> I maybe talk me out of it. Maybe I'm am I wrong? Am I completely no, I mean, off base? I mean, you're right. He hasn't played an NBA game yet. So that's a point you can make, and that's valid. Like, we don't know how he's going to pl- be on, you know, when the real game starts against, M- again, against true NBA competition. Um, but everywhere, every level he's been at so far, college, second in the country in scoring in his senior season to Trey Young. G League, he had a very good, you know, rookie year in, G- in the G League. Uh, for Santa Cruz team, G, uh, Golden State G League's uh, squad, mm-hmm. um, and then now summer league, he was—I mean, he was first team all summer league. He was one of the best players in summer league. Averaged 22 points and 50% shooting, 38% from three, four rebounds, five assists. Like, I—I I, I just think you know who knows how he'll be, like you said, when you know in the NBA. But how do you not give him a shot? You know, he's 23 years old. Um, I mean, let him prove you. Let him. Let him prove you wrong, I guess. You yeah. know, like let him get it. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. At 1.4 million. Yeah. You said worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Okay, that's fine. I don't, and I don't think his his salary is guaranteed next season. So, the, he could easily cut him if it doesn't work out. But I, I just don't know how. You, especially when you need kind of a, another guard on the roster, it just makes sense to keep him at this point. Yeah, I no, I hope I'm wrong. I just I don't know if I I don't know if I will be, but we'll see. We'll see because I think you're right. He's going to play a little bit. The, the Heat tend to give these guys a chance. So especially I think in the first half of the season, they'll throw him out there and see what he can do. Yeah, they will. I mean, like, I mean, will he get 20 minutes a game? No. no. But if Goran gets in foul trouble or if there's an injury, um, I could see him playing 15 minutes or so. Like I, I could easily see that. Last thing on summer league, uh, I noticed how much of the Heat staff, including Spo. Was there the entire time? Sacramento, Vegas, the whole time. Uh, that's not a normal thing. I mean, even even like the the Sacramento Luke Walton, who now is the coach of the Kings, wasn't in Sacramento for most of it. 
Uh, Steve Kerr wasn't there. He, he takes vacation during this time, I think. Uh, but, though, you know, I'm not dissing any of those other guys, but this it does sort of speak to this heat culture thing that we always hear about and see. Uh, what did you think about that? Were you? I, I mean, you've done the summer league a couple times now, yeah. or a few times, but I, so I don't imagine that you were surprised. But what does that say about the organization that you've got Spo, Andy Ellisberg, uh, guys from that front? Like Alonzo Mourning was there. I mean, yeah. you just have so many of these people who are on the regular staff showing up for these things and watching their team. Well, they do. Since I've covered this team, they've done it every year. But I think the reason why is, I mean, if you look at Spolster's staff, he's built a very kind of developmental staff and you see it in the you know in the roster like they've, they're very into player development and I think summer league is obviously a big part of that and it doesn't hurt that you have what I guess four guys who could make the regular season roster and Kendrick Nunn, Yante Main, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero like that's when you think about it almost a third of your roster so like you know it, it pays it probably will pay off for them to kind of see them firsthand and see what they can do and evaluate them and see if they should be on the roster. So, um, and you have the first round pick, which that was their first glimpse at Tyler Hero uh, kind of in person and in a heat uniform. So I think all those things um, kind of plays into it. But again, even if they didn't, they didn't have a first round pick, like last year when they didn't have a pick, they were still all out there. So it mm-hmm. um, doesn't seem to change their strategy as far as how they handle summer league. Big thanks to Anthony Chang for joining the show. He covers the Miami Heat for the Miami Herald. That's it for today. You can connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.